Hello and welcome to Getting Naked with Happiness with me, Stephen Liu. Each episode, my guests will share personal stories of resilience and bear their emotions and minds openly. Learn from the wisdoms that they have gained through their journeys and create your very own well-being toolkit. My guest this week is Chris Brennan from the UK. He is the founder of his own successful low-carbon footprint design and build company called Custom. He also co-authored three plant-based diet cookbooks. In an earlier episode, Chris shared the importance of building up our mental toughness by getting up early in the morning and to take cold showers. By doing so, we learn how to be comfortable with discomfort. In this episode, we talk about how food and ethical consciousness has also contributed to Chris' personal and business success and how being in the dark place has allowed Chris to find his own happiness today. I think you will find Chris' passion very infectious. And listening to him, I'm sure you will learn at least a few things about how to find your own path of well-being. First, he shares the story of how he turned his whole company vegan. About six years ago, I decided to go vegan. Um, it was because my girlfriend at the time was vegan and out of respect and love for her, I thought I should research into it. Now, over the course of one evening, I watched two documentaries and I was shocked, like really, really shocked to the core about what I learned. I wasn't expecting it to be so dark. I wasn't expecting it to be so bad. Um, by morning, I was vegan. And, you know, I was, I, I was a regular sort of omnivore. I ate plenty of meat. And that's how I'd been brought up. By morning, I was vegan. Now, um, classic crystallism. When I go vegan, then I do the be my best to tell all the people around me the, the benefits of taking on a vegan diet. So... I have a building company. We have a design and build company and we work in the Alps, which means we work on location. And while we work on location, as the owner of the company, I'm buying all of the food. Um, so uh, it became apparent to me very quickly that because I went vegan for ethical reasons, I had this dilemma because the guys that I was feeding were still expecting me to feed them meat and cheese and mm. milk and all these things. Um, so I decided fairly quickly that that wasn't going to happen and I switched everybody onto a vegan diet. So it was about 15 builders we're talking about working on location in the mountains in a remote location in the mountains. So they didn't really have much option other than to eat what I was providing. And I switched everybody onto a vegan diet. Um, wait, which, wait a minute, which wait was a minute. interesting. Wait a minute. Like you are saying that they're all down, they're all out there in the Alps and they have no other food options. And do you, how do you even do that? Like, do you prime them in beforehand or you just went straight on it? Well, can I just say one thing, one really wonderful thing that it does create. In fact, no, that's not true. It creates many wonderful things switching to a plant-based diet. My daughter is 12. She's just come in to hold up. She just got back from school. She's just come in to hold up a sign to ask me a question because she wants to have something to eat, some snacks. She said, can I have some sun-dried tomatoes and salad? Now, wow. <laughs> I'm not bragging, but isn't that great that my 12-year-old daughter has just come in to ask? How, how we eat is so important. And I mean, that's probably one of the main topics I could talk about, the effects of how I eat or how we eat 
and yeah. how that affects how we feel and how we function and how we perform. So did I prime them? I would like to say that I did prime them. I would probably say that they would say the opposite. I think I decided we were switching to a plant-based diet, so I just went ahead and told them. Um, they thought it was a joke for a couple of weeks. You know, on, on building sites, there's this element of the practical joke, and nobody wants to be caught out by the practical joke. So often people play along because they think it's a joke. So I tell everyone we're switching to a plant-based diet. They all think it's a practical joke, so they play along with it. And then probably after like a week or maybe two weeks, that's when they start going, we're not really switching to a vegan diet, are we, <laughs> Christo? And I'm like, yeah, we are. And that's when it got tricky. Well, the first thing they said was, we don't want to switch to a plant-based diet. Hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, you're welcome to get your own food, even though they knew that it was very difficult because they would have had to drive you know, down the mountain to get it. And they'd have had to pay for it. And I was providing it as part of their contract. Um, and what I had to do was, so I tell a little story, you know, in my speech about how basically I bribed them, um, mm -hmm. in order to get them on board, what I wanted to do was give them a really good reason why. Um, so I needed to, I needed to sort of show them the reason why I went vegan, what, what inspired me to make this choice. And it was, um, there was a, a talk by a guy called Gary Urovsky that really inspired me and I wanted them to watch it. Now they wouldn't just watch it off their own backs so i had to pay them well, i didn't have to but that was what that was my plan so i paid all of my staff members 10 euros each in order to sit down and watch this vegan documentary um which they all did apart from my project manager um martin who didn't he was offended and um he basically told me he said um i don't need you to pay me to watch something if i want to watch it that'll be my decision hmm. now over the course of that one evening all of my staff watched it one guy fell asleep um, halfway through, so I only paid him five euros. Uh, to, me that, to me, that was fair. Um, and what was really great was Martin, my project manager, mm. who left, walked out. Um, he actually went home and watched it of his own accord. Um, and, yeah, in the morning, he, we went for a run together, and he was telling me all of the things that he thought were wrong about the documentary and that didn't add up. And I didn't really say much in response. And over the course of like a 45 minute run, he talked himself into being vegan. And now he's probably one of our most devout vegans on the team. Um, so yeah, and the next part of it was I had to give them, I had to show them how really, because you know, they didn't even, they didn't know how to be vegan. You know, they're in a manual, you know, in a, a manual job, burning a lot of calories every day. Some of them are even going out and going running and, doing sport afterwards so I then had to show them how and this is where my my partner Emmy worked for several years uh, alongside a vegan nutritionist on the Isle of Wight so we knew a lot about vegan nutrition we had to get that into some kind of format that the builders could understand so um yeah that's when we that's when we wrote our recipe book um started out as really just a just a guide to help them we put some recipes in there and then we put a shopping list in there and then they started asking us questions about vitamin B12 and about protein. And um, so that's when we put together a comprehensive nutritional guide where we listed all of the vitamins and minerals. We explained exactly what they do for the body. Um, we also explained the things that they would be doing that make it, that kill these vitamins and minerals, like, for example, caffeine or beer or if they're smoking, things like that. Um, 
and then we we listed the top three vegan sources of all of the vitamins and minerals and where to find them so um we compiled all of this and before we knew it we had the makings of a recipe book so then we then we decided to publish the recipe book which um which was very very difficult actually if we'd have known how difficult that was going to be at the beginning we wouldn't have bothered but we're glad that we have um so now we have still we still have a 100% vegan building company now you don't have to be vegan to work for us you have to have an interest in food though you have to have an understanding of conscious and deliberate eating um and about five of our members are full-time vegan and really passionate vegans. They love it. They do a bit of vegan activism. You know, they raise money. They talk about it. And then the other guys, some have gone vegetarian and some have just become considerably more conscious about what they eat, like asking the questions, reading the packets, doing the things that we're all supposed to be doing. One of the reasons, because um, I'm jumping around a little bit now, one of the reasons that I got coined the phrase crystallism is because I can be sometimes a little bit overzealous with the things that I feel very passionately about. And I felt extremely passionate about veganism or, or definitely sort of a more conscious plant-based um, diet um, because of the problems that we were creating within society. Um, so it was extremely important to me to make this work, to bring it to the forefront of my business. It was a risk as well. It was a big risk to bring it to the forefront of my business. Primarily, I'm a very high, we're a high-end design and build company. When I say high-end, we do sort of rich and famous style clients. You know, it's ski chalets, it's coastal homes, those type of things. But we design, we design very differently, you know. I kind of design a little bit how I live my life. So I'm not designing the type of spaces that other people are designing. Um, to put veganism right at the forefront of all of that and say, look, we are primarily a vegan building company. I'm not going to be able to design you anything into your designs that has animal products in it. Uh, all our builders are vegan. It was a risk in a way because it took, my, it took the emphasis off simply earning money and simply making sure that the, that the business was profitable. It, it turned it towards making sure that the business was ethical. And... You know, I think I have two um, two business partners at the time. I think were potentially a little bit worried about about my making that shift. Long term, we have made considerably more money, and we have done way better since we switched to this plant based lifestyle and brought it to the forefront of our business. And I would the, the reasons being are one, it's uh, it's a unique selling point. You know. Uh, in any business, you need to sort of have something that makes you different from your competitors in order for them to remember you and in order for them to choose you. They need some reason to choose you. So us being vegan became this wonderful, unique selling point. Everybody remembered us. The other thing I think that happened was because we were a group of builders who passionately believed in something outside of um, just earning money and building, um, building properties, something that required the level of empathy that switching to a vegan diet requires. It made our clients feel very, very relaxed in hiring us um, to work in their properties. They thought, oh, this must be a, a lovely, you know, nice builders. Again, I'm using inverted commas um, because uh, we were about to take charge of their home, you know, all of their personal belongings, designing their space. So I think people felt more comfortable with, with using us and then finally you know in the, the 
the time that we live, and I think this is absolutely right, this should be happening, people are more, certain people are more likely to pay, spend their money on a business that has some kind of an ethical structure inbuilt into that business for long-term sustainability. Um, and so that, I think we just got onto that at the right time, you know, six years ago. So, so yeah, it's been, um, it's been a brilliant journey. So now I go around doing talks. Um, we, I talk about the vegan builders. I tell the story. You know, we have two recipe books out now. We are doing um, a third one, which is going to be called the Vegan Vegan Kids, which is all about bringing up children on a vegan diet. So, um, so yeah, that's that took off into an entire business of its own. So yeah, that's wow. That's that's beautiful and amazing, you know. And yeah, it's like bring ethics into business, and this is like the new frontier of like combining ecological well-being, you know, like creating much more sustainable, um, safe environments for our future and also bringing it back to society. I think that is lovely. Could you share something with us for, for those listening who are not vegan? Like, how could we start this journey in a more sustainable manner? Meaning to say that I'm not sure whether I'm phrasing this correctly, like for those who are interested, but they cannot give up eating meat and they yeah. know that they could play a, bit, a bigger role, but it's so difficult. So what will you suggest to them? Yeah, okay. So the most important thing is the, um, the sort of agricultural industry at the moment is sort of highly, highly unsustainable. And if we're not careful, that industry will run the human race into the ground not single-handedly the automotive industry will will be alongside as will clothing industries and many other consumer industries um oil obviously but if we're not careful the agricultural industry will is doing major 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 harm to this planet to this environment to our habitat so the key is to reduce that is to reduce the consumption now for me of the type of person I was overnight I was able to make the change I was able to have an epiphany overnight and make the change but in the defense of people that are going to find it difficult I had a girlfriend who was already vegan and and had worked alongside a vegan nutritionist she knew everything that you need to know about vegan nutrition so in some ways it was easier for me and it was safer I think if people started to reduce their meat and dairy consumption I mean that's really really important people shouldn't shifting to a vegetarian diet is not a brilliant way to do things they'd be better just trying to minimize both meat and dairy as much as they can shifting to a vegan diet overnight for ethical reasons which lots of people do but they get it wrong and then they get on you know they become unwell and they shift back to an omnivorous diet that's counterproductive as well and the reason that that's, that's happening is because if you shift to a vegan diet without knowing everything that you need to know about how to really thrive on a plant-based diet, then likely it is you are going to get ill. So you'd be better off doing the research, finding out as much as you can about how to thrive on a plant-based diet, and little by little reducing your meat and dairy consumption. It's probably the best long-term strategy. Now, there's a lot of cruelty within that industry as well. The cruelty is considerably worse than the average person thinks it is and they need to believe that it's not so bad otherwise they wouldn't be able to continue eating meat and dairy 
if they knew, if everybody knew quite how bad it was, there would be a seismic shift away from it because it is very, it's very much flies in the face as how as who we are as human beings. We're an empathetic uh, species, and to see that level of cruelty does not sit well with us. Um, now I know within different cultures it's different, but in the UK we're real dog lovers and we're pet lovers. If somebody was seen in the street kicking a dog to death, for example, they'd be arrested and they'd probably go to prison, and everybody would be so upset. The reality is that the equivalent is happening within the uh, within the global agricultural industry and worse. So if people knew, they would definitely want to make the change. Um, for me, when I did make the change, I definitely had. I'm a big believer that there is a um, there is a energetic exchange of energy. No, that's not right. Energetic and energy. Not right. So there's a there's a it's kind of an exchange of energy when when you eat something, um, you get the energy from the plant that you're eating. Um, that's why it's good to eat organic. That's why it's good to eat local. But because that's how I view the world and that I believe that, I had this moment of realization that the animals that I were eating were coming from a place of torture and torment and their emotions would have been that of anxiety, fear, hatred, resentment. Now, if there's going to be a exchange, like an exchange of energy between me and these animals, there's no way that I could continue eating them and get those energies in my body. I mean, it's bizarre. The, the, the environmental impact of, of, every, of all of us eating a lot of meat and dairy is, is extremely bad, like really, really bad. But the cruelty that is happening out there behind closed doors by industries that are only focused on making money is horrendous. And that we're all, we're all having to feel the effects of that. I think it makes us all a slightly more violent race when we know that level of violence is happening and we elect it and we just let it go. In the past, we were told that that level of violence was necessary for us to survive. But now we know that's not the case. Like we can not only survive, we can thrive. I mean, I'm six six years into a, a, a whole food plant-based diet i'm thriving on it absolutely thriving i'm ripped i'm absolutely ripped and i bounce out of bed every day um, i'm definitely mentally clearer so i think what i'm trying to say by that is the option is there now we don't need those animals don't need to be suffering that much in order for us to survive they don't need to be suffering at all in order for me to survive so with that, armed with that knowledge, we need to all start making a change. It's not going to be easy. The, the most difficult part of it is going to be sidestepping the propaganda from the meat and dairy industry, sidestepping the advertisements for the burgers and the advertisements for the meat and for all of this delicious stuff, for bacon and whatever it is that, that everyone's craving. I mean, this is, we're talking about one of the most profitable industries on the planet. It is the one industry that, that we as humans have to partake in, you know? I mean, to a degree, we've got to buy clothes and we've got to buy objects, but we have to buy food. This is, this is pretty much one of the most profitable industries on the planet. They are not going to give it up easily. And they have absolutely no interest in our health. 
because a lot, most of the meat that is coming out of these factory farms is not really fit for human consumption. And I don't just mean energetically. I mean, physically, these animals are so sick. So if you leave, if you put any animal, if you put a human being into that same environment that the animals are in, they're going to get sick because they haven't got access to any fresh air. So there's, there's no fresh air, no daylight, and then there's no room to move. Now, if you put anyone into that environment, they're going to get sick. So in order to combat that, all they do is feed them antibiotics. 50% of the world's antibiotics are fed to animals and they feed them to all animals now, regardless of the environment they're in, because all the animals are getting sick. Why would we want to be eating sick animals? If we want to thrive as human beings, both physically, energetically, consciously, spiritually, we aren't going to be able to do that by eating sick animals. There's no way that they, they um, would want your average meat eater to see behind the scenes. Because the cruelty is one thing, but the unhygiene and the state of, uh, um, of sickness that these animals are getting into, it's just horrific. Why would I want to eat that at the end of all of that? It was a very simple and obvious decision for me that I could make overnight. I was like, well, if that, those are the facts, I'm out. Now, I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I don't know. I didn't know that much about a vegan diet at that point, but I was like, I'm out. I'm not. I don't want to be a part of that. It's too violent. It's too dark. It's too unhealthy. It's corrupt. And it's destroying the habitat that we're all, that we're all reliant on. So it's a big topic, and I know it's gathering a lot of pace. Um, and it could easily go wrong if, if the wrong companies get hold of the vegan products and sell a vegan or a plant-based, a sustainable plant-based lifestyle. It's not always that easy. You know, many companies have been caught out. Let's say Ben & Jerry's was a good example, and they wanted to launch a vegan ice cream range, uh, which they did, and it's done very well. But they were caught on camera clearing land in order to plant soy. And they just cleared the land with machinery. And there, was, there is images caught of like fairly large mammals being churned up into the machinery while they cleared the land. That's not vegan. Mm. That, that's not what this movement is all about. So all of these companies that are sort of creating these vegan foods and selling them in the supermarkets for large profit, I'm wary of those as well. They're going to they're cause the same problems if we're not careful. We want to be eating a whole food, plant-based, local, and wherever possible, organic diet. That's what we're all designed to eat. On all of the processed food, that's junk food. You, you, you can eat junk food now and again, but it's still junk food. And it's not going to be very good for you. And chances are, it's probably not going to be made in the most ethical environment. So, Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And it's a big topic. I think you know, there are so many different versions out there and i guess that we could stay a little bit more nimble i'll be more informed in this introducing our diet uh, i like the part that you champion consciousness and ethical living and you're bringing this on, into your open into your company into your life and even as a parent you are also being a role model and as we know that this podcast is called getting naked with happiness and it's talk about different perceptions of well-being and happiness. And clearly that your well-being and happiness starts from eating and how the way you choose to engage your life. Would you be able to share one daily 
habit or practice that contributes to your well-being. So we know that you have you do cold water swimming, right? Yeah. And for for those who are listening in, so will you recommend cold shower? Uh, I would say cold shower the must. You got to do the cold shower. I kind of presume everybody is already doing the cold shower, um, but I do I do quite a few others. Um, simple ones, um, the gratitude one you may have heard of. Um, ten minutes, man. Like my when my alarm goes off in the morning, I don't get up straight away. I just do ten minutes of gratitude. Now, the, for me, the way I do it, because you can do it however you want. It's just ten minutes of being grateful for the things you have before you start worrying about the things that you haven't got, like just do 10 minutes of, of being grateful for the things you've got. I just list them in my head. So I just go Bowie, Christabel, Emily, Athene, mom, dad, you know, my house, my bed, my blanket, the fact that I live in a free country, um, you know, certain food, my van, my business. And it's just listing. That's all I need to do. Everyone can do it in their own way. I just list 10 minutes. I just list the things that I'm actually grateful for. First, I just do that bit first. That has got all kinds of proven positive effects, you know. Gratitude is an emotion similar to happiness in a way. It, it, it fills you with endorphins. So I do that 10 minutes every morning. And then I get up and I, I'm really into sort of my physical exercise. You know, I've always done lots of sports and things. So I do a, a sort of 10-minute flow training which is just movements. You know, it's not, it's not press-ups and push-ups, that type of exercise. It's movement. I have a certain routine that I do, but it's just, you know, shaking your arms, shake your legs, move your head, just move for 10 minutes then. Get so that you're ready then for the body to move itself throughout the day. And then I also do Pat the Chi, which is a Taoist um, sort of practice where I tap all parts of my body. You know, I tap the head and I do between the eyes and uh, do down my legs and I, and I tap and touch and massage like every part of my body. Um, so, yeah, I do all of I, I do those every morning. That's my little routine. Then I have a shower and a cold shower. And um, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And it's simple. It's not too the, the flow one. It's not it's not that hard. I mean, it's, it's almost what your body wants to do. You know, you you do hops on the spot, bounce. And, making sure your body's just you know flowing and moving i do that with my son as well and he's he's really into that um, wow well, so yeah all... i do that but then you know i carry crystals in my pocket and you know i, I do also i don't drink caffeine don't we drink alcohol but these are things i know i know that the reason that you wanted one is because as soon as somebody goes oh fuck no forget that that guy's a psycho you know therefore i'll do none of them so um, if you were going to pick one, I would, do, I would do cold water swimming, sorry, cold shower anyway, but the gratitude one's easy. Mm. You don't have to get up, man. You're just lying in bed, just yeah. listing things that you're, you know, that you're grateful of. Yeah. I, I like the gratitude one. Like most of the times we will do it when we, at night, before we fall asleep, we write like three things that we're grateful for. Yeah. Or we spend like a few moments to think about the things I'm grateful for so that when we enter the sleep mode, we will bring across this like positive, uh, I wouldn't say closure, but in terms of like you end up with a positive emotion and thought and that will help you on the sleeping and the next day when you wake up, you'll be better. But for you, what you're suggesting is that you start off with the day with the gratitude intervention with 10 minutes you could, yeah, while you're in bed and then followed by the flow movement. It could be any sort of physical activity it's also like how the way you say you're reconnecting back to your physical well-being, reminding that you are with yourself 
and then you yeah. go into the cold shower. Okay, I get it. <laughs> cold shower. I'm gonna do that but, right away. But, yeah, do yeah. the cold shower, man, because the hardest bit is just the the change, just to turn the tap. That's the hardest bit. That and that's that's willpower. Once you're in it, you'll start to enjoy it. You'll crave it. Mm. Um. So yeah. But if let's say life gets hard and for just one quick advice to people who are suffering or who are in a bad place because they find that life is really hard, what would you say to them? Well, I can remember being there on more than one occasion in my life. You know, we haven't really covered much of my past. I've definitely been there on more than one occasion. I suppose when I look back, it was the simple act of continuing that got me through. It was the simple act of putting one foot in front of the other, getting out of bed and doing each day that got me through. Because most situations are transient. They will pass. When I, when I was kind of at my worst... Could you share, if you will like? Most recently, um, which was when I was going through the problems with my business, my marriage, and everything, you know, and, and having a bit of a identity crisis at the same time then i had to really do some manifesting in the morning i had to sort of say it out loud i mean i had to get out of bed saying today is going to be a good day 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 i mean i had to do that because i didn't want to get out of bed i mean i didn't even want to get out of bed because there was nothing to get up for because it was all it had all gone to shit if my phone would ring all day just with people chasing money um, and everything else in my life that I noticed wasn't right, wasn't getting any better. It was getting worse. Like you want, it's one thing noticing that your marriage is failing. That doesn't fix the problem. So that's just getting worse. My finances, again, I noticed that I was living beyond my means and my finances were getting, well, that was just getting worse. So at the point of realization, how bad everything was, it continued to get worse until it got better. I, I can definitely remember just saying, today is going to be a good day out loud. I didn't believe it. That wasn't me saying that and, and it making me feel better. I just had to do it. It became just, you know, you just get up, you say it, and you, you get on with your day. Um, and I wasn't doing a lot of those things that I've said that I'm doing now. I wasn't doing gratitude. I didn't really know about it back then. I didn't know about the positive effects that it could bring. I wasn't, wasn't doing much in terms of a flow state. I probably was doing some running because I could go and run in myself into a bit of a painful state and forget about it. Um, I was probably, I was, I think I was drinking back then as well. I was, I was probably drinking some, not a lot, but I was, so yeah, I don't want it to come across as being like, Oh yeah. Just do all of these things and life's easy. And, and, and if it did come across in that, in that way, I apologize because that's not the path that I've, that's, that's got me here. And I remember what it was like to be there. And I don't doubt that I will be in similar positions again. Life is going to, again, it's that yin and yang, isn't it? It's that you can't experience one without the other. In fact, life can't exist without the other. Light as a concept doesn't exist without darkness. Keep getting up. I think the first thing is noticing the changes, the, the, noticing the problem, then start the process of, of correcting them. 
one by one and um yeah but that that really helped me i i leaned on some of the closer members of my family as well my mom and my sisters and a couple of close friends i leaned on them more than i thought i was as a as a proud man going to be able to but i did and that got me through a lot i needed to do that i needed to let them in i needed to cry in front of them i needed to break in front of them um instead of trying to show a brave front the whole time that's no good for anybody you know so so yeah um and i would i would the, the cold shower is going to give you a moment of relief each day it's going to mm. give you a moment of mental relief from the problems it's going to give you a moment where the cold becomes the most important thing in your life it becomes it comes to the forefront of the brain and i know it's only a split second but it'll give you you will also get that feeling of wanting looking forward to getting out of the shower and getting out of the shower signifies the beginning of your day or it signifies you moving into that position that you inhabit in the world now you'll be doing that in a positive frame of mind and okay it might only depending on the the level of anxiety you're suffering from it might only be momentary but it's those momentary things that work and like with the manifestation it wasn't making me feel any better but what it was doing was it was on a more subconscious level it was giving me strength it was getting me through the day i was basically telling myself it was going to be a good day and there oh. there wasn't many good days mm. i nearly died as well which um that that snapped me out of it a little bit so working on this building site and i'd spent you know i'd spent many months moping around you know we we've all been there where we get into that position where we feel like life is so tough that all we can really muster up is a kind of audible sulk where we just feel like it's all very unfair and why is it all happening to me and it's a bit of a sort of sulking state now i was in that state big time i wasn't really able to communicate with my partner or my friends or anyone because i wasn't really much fun to be around but what happened as well was i stopped noticing that i was in this world i stopped noticing that i was a conscious being i stopped noticing that i was alive I stopped noticing the world happening around me i turned up for work one day and i'm getting my tools out of the back of the van and i remember with this sort of black cloud above my head i shut the door and step out across the road and this huge truck this flatbed truck carrying a load of scaffolding comes hurtling past at about 50 miles an hour like like I feel the wind like move my hair as it goes past it clipped my hand like the back of the truck clipped my hand oh. if i'd have stepped out one second sooner i'd be dead for sure if i'd have stepped out one second sooner the front of that flatbed truck would have hit me square in the head and i'd be i'd be dead for sure like i would be dead for sure and i re- i stepped back took this really huge breath in and really had to check myself i was like for christ sake chris you know is it worth dying over because that's nearly what happened just just through the fact that you are not even looking around at anything all you're doing is you're living inside your head you're living in this dark place with this dark cloud over you meanwhile life is still happening around you and i went home i didn't i didn't go to work that day i went home i tried to process what had happened and i think that could have been the turning point in in a way because 
the next day when I stepped out of the house, I noticed trees. Imagine that, like noticing trees at that age, at that, that, that time in your life, like noticing almost for the first time, noticing a tree. The reason was that I had been looking at the floor, looking at my feet for weeks, trudging around, looking at my feet. And all of a sudden I was able to see other things happening, other people, other problems, other trees, other things existing on this planet. And I think that really gave me a kick up the arse to just say, you know, okay, it's tough, you know, keep dealing with it, keep moving forward and don't forget that if you're not careful, life could just take you at any point. So, so yeah, took me two years to turn it all around, but where I am now is great. You know, I have a successful business. I have a couple of successful businesses. You know, at the time I didn't own anything. I now own my own house. I recently bought another place as a rental. I own some land that we're going to develop in France. Um, I have a beautiful partner who is my sole partner. And yeah, we have our ups and downs, but she's the one, you know. And that took a lot of work to get that to that point. Work on myself. Wonderful kids. I enjoy life. I enjoy, you know, I genuinely enjoy I don't have a nine-to-five job where I've got to worry about going to work or any of that. Just get up each morning and I'm, and I'm with this whole minimalist or Christmalist lifestyle that I'm trying to create, wanting to get up as often as I can without knowing what's going to happen that day. I love the idea of that. Get up, do your little routines where you, you're ready to embrace life and then, then be like, okay, what have you got for me? And it's amazing. Phone rings, you get an email, a friend comes around. People asking, can you do this? Can you do that? If you planned it all out, nobody can ask that. No, and even if they did, you wouldn't have time to say yes. So, yeah, I think by a bit of belief as well. I mean, I had some, but I had, I was stubborn. I suppose I am relatively stubborn. I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up partly because of my own ego, you know. My, my business partner who stepped out, we fell out. I wanted to prove to him that, I could do it. I'd borrowed money off my parents. I needed to prove to them that I could, that I could get it back to them. It's, it's, like the, it's like the getting out of the cold shower. The, the feeling of getting out of the cold shower will be so much sweeter because you've been in the cold water. Like, so if you're in a place now where in a dark place, you know, suffering either from depression or something's happened that's causing, you know, causing you know, extreme sadness, then the act of getting through it and, and, and achieving at the other side, achieving um, uh, happiness, not, not achieving money or any of those things, but achieving that, that, that sense of well-being will be so much sweeter and will be so much more poignant. You'll be, you'll be in a position where you'll be able to actually enjoy it if you've been through the hardship. Lots of people, just everything's too easy and, and everything's too comfortable and you know, they're surrounded by things and money. They can't enjoy it. They've got no, got no context. I mean, there's, there's people and potentially even people listening that, that, that come from a, a family um, of plenty and they're still suffering from, you know, anxiety. I think that's a context issue, you know, without context, you know, you can't, can't experience light unless you know what dark is. Mm. Like what you just what you just say, I think it makes a lot of sense because we we always need 
that duality of things, right? Like we need the fertilizer to grow, we need the darkness to shine, we need the the sky to be dark too for the stars to shine. So I, I love that part of things, and I I, I think we develop greed and resilience and str- psychological strength and even spirituality. We get more connected with ourselves because of these pain problems. And Chris, is there a plug I can use to find you? Like, how could um, for those who are listening, how could they find more about what you do? Um, so we post a little bit on Instagram. Um, I post a few epiphanies on there, some naked cold water swimming, um, and and some recipes and stuff. Um, so that is the dot vegan dot build. So that's our Instagram tag. My main business is a design and build company where we, um, you know, we design space with this same philosophy. We design space. We have an Instagram page, which is like a gallery, which is custom.design.live. Yeah. And um, custom-uk.com is the website where you'd be able to look at the type of work that we do. We're just at the end of a, of a run of books because we're going to reissue the book. So the book will be available later in the year. But that, that's something that I'd love everybody to buy. And if anybody was thinking of going vegan, we've kind of got it all in there. We've got, we've kind of really broke down the vitamins and minerals and, and what, how you need to do it. We all need to switch, you know, I think to a more conscious state of living. Basically what we eat is, is, is the fuel that we're putting in. We can only expect to get out what we're putting in. That's kind of how it all works in this yeah. world that we live. So if we're not consciously thinking about that, we're going to go off track, I think. <laughs> yes. This is a great conversation and thank you for doing this interview, uh, this chat. And Chris, I learned a lot from you and I hope that, I believe that the audience that who are listening in will learn also a lot from you. And what I get away from this session, the 10 minutes gratitude exercise in the morning before, uh, after waking up and also about incorporating a vegan diet i think that is really and this impact not just the self but impacts the world and also the next generation and for those who are listening who are if you have any thoughts ideas questions that you would like to highlight please reach out to me at getting naked with happiness facebook page or of course instagram getting naked with happiness and thank you for joining me today and thank you chris for being on the show Ah, oh, it's a pleasure 